Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So, are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited <laughs> to get to talk to you. I'm not messing around today. You guys, we're going to jump right into this sucker. Uh, I'm going to call this, uh, what color are your eyes? What color are your eyes? And those of you who are watching, you see I'm pointing to my eyeballs. <laughs> what color are your eyes? And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little story and then I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get right to the heartbeat of what the kind of the spiritual principle of this story. What's the point? Why are you talking about this KK? I'm going to tell you. Um, so recently I was invited to be a, a guest teacher, a guest speaker in an online summit. It was called anxiety or healing anxiety summit, the healing anxiety summit or the anxiety healing summit. Um, and I was invited along with, uh, five other coaches and all the other coaches were actually anxiety coaches. I, that is not my specific area. It is not like, I do not call myself an anxiety coach. However, as a spiritual mentor in the work that I do with people, um, in the work that we do in the nest, my spiritual membership, you know, um, anxiety does tend to decrease or abate. Um, but that's neither here nor there. That's not what, what, what but, but this is where, um, this is where today's, the inspiration for today's podcast came from is when I was talking, so we all did like these little mini workshops. We did these Facebook lives where we taught something. So I did like an hour long workshop. And what I was talking to people is about a lot of um, where I, anxiety stems from, right? So there's a lot of things that you can do for anxiety that deal with the symptoms, right? That deal with the symptoms, the effects of feeling anxious, right? So it's like, uh, uh, you know, there's the anxiety and then there's like, oh, now my body's doing this, my heart's racing this, whatever. And I'm always the person that likes to get to the cause of a thing, not just the effect of a thing. I like to get to the root cause of things. And one of the things that I was saying to them is um, part of the problem that we have that creates anxiety is about identity. It's our identity. We have a mistaken case of identity. <laughs> and when I was talking to them about this concept of identity, and I should do a whole podcast on this. One of the things that I was saying is, is that we often mistake ourselves, you know, for these bodies. We mistake ourselves for the stories we tell. You know, we forget that we're actually extensions of love, that we are of a divine nature, that we are spiritual beings, that we are children of God. And so that was kind of the jumping off point. It was this concept of identity and who we really are. And what I have discovered is the way that we create identity is through uh, several different things, but it all starts with our, usually with our first experiences in our, in our environment, right? You hear, you guys have heard me talk about this for years and years about how who we believe that we are, the concept of our self, right? Small S self, personality, ego, 
um, get shaped at a very young age between the ages of zero and eight. And so often what happens is, is that we come in with an imprint of knowing our full self. And I would say capital S self, the true self, ourselves as children of God, ourselves as pure innocence, ourselves as happy and peaceful and joyous, right? And then the world gets our hands on us or our parents or the creepy uncle or whatever, right? And so the, the, we, I always say like, we come in knowing full well, we come in, in, in a place of uh, wonder and awareness of our own brilliance and magnificence. And then slowly life happens and the world happens. And what happens is the rest of the world starts to imprint itself on us. And we start to take what the world tells us about ourselves as gospel fucking truth. Uh, you know, we are not really taught as children to question. We are taught and indoctrinated to listen, to learn, to place other beings in positions of authority over us. And one of the things that one of the most beautiful and amazing things about being an adult is that we get to decide for ourselves. We get to question things. We get to um, say, well, I know growing up, this is how it was in my house, or this is what my parents thought or believed, or this is what my church believed, or my pastor, or my priest, or my teachers, or my, my community, like whatever, right? This is what my quote unquote, my people believed, right? Sometimes it's regional, like what area of the country you grew up in. Sometimes it's religious. Sometimes, I mean, there's a thousand different ways for us to get influenced as children, right? But what happens is, is we start to forget who we really are. And we start, I always say, like, I talk about it like tofu, like the, the cool thing about tofu is that it will take on the flavor of whatever you marinate it in. <laughs> well, you know, so you want barbecue tofu? Great. You want teriyaki tofu? Great. You want sriracha tofu? You want blackened seasoned tofu, right? That's the thing. It's, it's just like, and that's what happens. Like we kind of come in and we're so helpless because we're tiny, teeny babies and we need people to clothe us and feed us and change our diapers and take care of us. And we look up to these people. We look up to these people as our protectors and our safety. So we drink the Kool-Aid at a very young age and we get told things about ourselves that we take on as true. So what does this have to do with what color are your eyes? Okay. So I was told my whole life that my eyes were brown, right? And the thing is too, is like my sister has like really big, I call them like Bambi eyes. My sister had like, you know, growing up, she, she had like big eyes to me. And I'm always like, I always, there's this funny joke that my sister and my auntie Jan say, like one day I was just like lamenting. I was trying to put on eyeliner or whatever. And I just kept going, I have no eyes. Like, but I have no eyes, right? I have hooded eyelids. I've always had small eyes. One of my eyes is a little bigger than the other. And I was like lamenting, like I have no eyes and I was laughing. And all through my life, right? Well, not all through my life because I was a wicked tomboy until, and I'm still a tomboy at heart. Uh, have you ever seen me? Have you ever seen the way I dress, right? But, um, but I didn't start wearing makeup until I was like 13 or whatever it was, exploring and putting on eyeliner. And whenever I would get, eyeliner stuff or eye makeup stuff, 
you know, like Maybelline, like back then, like going to the Costco or the, you know, what, what, wherever the, the Osco drugs, wherever we like got our makeup back then, right. Wherever we were shoplifting, <laughs> that's awful, Ooh, but it's true. Uh, wherever we were getting our makeup from back then, I always got stuff for brown eyes because I thought my eyes were brown. Why did I think my eyes were brown? Because everybody told me that my eyes were brown. And in fact, my first few, my first couple of licenses, it said that my eyes were brown because I was taking on what the people around me has always held. Now, this is now, now I guarantee you somebody right now is listening to this and you're like, didn't you ever look in the fucking mirror? Like whatever. But this is the power of the mind and the subconscious mind of how programmed we get by what others around us are telling us about ourselves. And what's so fascinating is not only did I believe that I have brown eyes so much so that I friggin' put it on my license, but I was always so like, um, like enamored, like, you know how they say in the, in those vampire films that you can get glamored, right? Like all they have to do is look at you and it's like, oh, don't look into their eyes. Like Medusa turns you to stone by looking in the eyes, but vampires, you know, you look at them and you get glamored. I was so glamored by like green eyes. I always thought green eyes and hazel eyes were like the best. And I was always like, oh man, I wish I had green. Cause my mom had green eyes. My aunt, my mom had greenish hazel eyes. And I was always like, I want those. I wish I had those, you know, in my whole life, everybody also told me you look exactly like your mother, like hauntingly. So right. Little uncomfortable for some people who knew and loved my mother uh, to now see me as an adult. And, you know, my sister says you are the spit right out of her mouth. Right. And so here I was, and I was like, how is it that I look exactly like my mom, but I got the brown eyes. And I was like, oh, well, my biological father has brown eyes. Now, lo and behold, fast forward to California. And I'm living in California and I dated a guy and uh, we worked at the same place. And he used to, he would used to say like on lunch breaks and whatever, he, we would go outside and he's like, he'd go, come here. And he would grab me and he would make me go stand in the sunshine and then like, look up at the light. So he could look at the color of my eyes and he loved the color of my eyes. And I said to him, uh, why do you want to look at my eyes. They're just brown eyes. And he looked at me like I was crazy because <laughs> he had big brown eyes. Right. And I'm like, just go look at the mirror. You want to see some, you know, some pretty brown eyes. And he was like, your eyes aren't brown. <laughs> and I was like, what are you smoking? Like, what do you want? He's like, your eyes aren't brown. And your, the color of your eyes is beautiful. And I was like, what is he talking about? And so it literally took somebody outside of my mainstream childhood conditioning to like bump me on the head. Like I always say, like, I am unfortunately, unfortunately now, I mean, I'm a much quicker study now. I'm a much faster learner now. But back then, man, I mean, probably up until like my right before my 30s, I would say right up until my late 20s, you had to two by four my ass. Like you really had to be like God, the universe. God bless. God bless my spiritual team for not giving up on me. <laughs> so lo and behold, this is news to me. 
I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, your eyes are like more green. He goes, and you may not know this, but your eyes change color, depend on your mood. And I was like, wait, what? And so I went and I looked in the mirror and it was like seeing for the first time. Now, if you're watching this and you're seeing, you can probably see my eyes are not brown, you guys. My eyes are actually hazel. In fact, my eyes have different colors in them. They have some green in them. They have like an outer ring of like, um, I mean, they have like a ring of like amber in them. There's a little gold. And then I have a couple of little black dots in my eyes. So this was like astonishing to me. Now my license actually says that I have hazel eyes. You know why? Because I do have hazel eyes. How is it that I went through 20 some odd years of my life not knowing? It's because I believed what other people told me about myself. It is such a bizarre thing, but it's why I am so fascinated with the power of the mind. It's why I am so fascinated with the power of the subconscious. It's why I love to help people transform their stories, you guys. The stories that we tell about ourselves that get written based on the experiences that we have in our environment the interpretations and the meaning that we assign to them, which creates the beliefs and the stories which end up creating the identity. Like I said, I'm going to do a whole other podcast on this. And this is the stuff we talk about in the nest and work on in the nest. And this is why it's often so hard for people to change PS. It's so hard for people to change because your brain, your reptilian brain, right? That, that, that oldest part of your brain is not going to give up the ego identity that quickly. It takes some work and some tools and some resiliency and some tenacity. And I just thought to myself, how many other people are walking around thinking that they have a particular characteristic, physical, emotional, mental, or otherwise, that they have taken on and believed about themselves I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm too much of this. I'm not enough of that. I'm not lovable. I'm stupid. I'm fill in the blank, fill in the blank, the thousand ways that the world tries to convince us that we are not good enough, that we are not lovable, that there's something wrong with us that we have to fix, that we're fucked up, that we're broken, that we're a mess, that I don't have my shit together. I can't, da, 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 all, all the shit that we take on and the stories that we write about ourselves, you guys. And they're not even true. Now, look, it might be true that there have been points in time when life was hard. And maybe you were fumbling or maybe you were a little clumsy and you weren't as, you know, aware or mindful or whatever. But no matter, no matter, you guys, what you do, the one thing that nobody can take away from you, the true identity of you is that you are love and that you are capable of loving, that you are love, period. And you are lovable and you are capable of loving. That is the truth. So if other people, now, does this mean that you're perfect all the time? No, because perfection doesn't really exist. 
Does it mean that sometimes your ego personality <laughs> and your choices and your habits, right, could use a little work? Of course, that's true, right? There's things we all have to work on, but you're not broken. And we don't need to fix ourselves so much as remember ourselves. So I want you to just, you know, when people decide to give you feedback or tell you who you are or what you are or how you are, man, please just don't drink the Kool-Aid. Please don't just take it on. I'm not saying don't listen to helpful feedback when, you know, somebody who really cares about you and loves you is, is letting you know that your behaviors are harmful to yourself or somebody else, things like that. You know, but there's just some things that other people put on us that just aren't true. And if we're not careful, we will start to carry them around, um, react and respond from that belief, from that story. And this is why the power of, when I talk about all the time, right, your story to your glory, it's so important because sometimes it's like, I used to believe that, I used to do those things, but our thoughts are not us. We are not our thoughts. And other people's projections are not as either. We are not our thoughts. We are the thinker of our thoughts. We are the observer of our thoughts. We have like, right? We have like in our mind, like I always say, there's like, there's the decision maker. That's what we call it in The Course in Miracles, the decision maker. So a thought can come into your mind and you have a decision to make. Am I going to believe this thought or look at this belief, this thought, this story through the lens of love or the lens of fear? Am I going to believe what the outside world is trying to put on me? Or am I going to come to know myself well enough to be able to call bullshit on what other people are trying to feed me about myself, but also call bullshit on myself when maybe what they're saying is a little true. And I have to check myself and I have to take a good look at myself and say, you know what? They're right. I'm just making this up, this part up, right? You're right. I am selfish. I am this. I have been behaving this way. That's not in alignment with who I really am, my identity. That's not in alignment with what I say my core values are. If my life is not reflecting what I say my core values are, I'm kind of full of shit, right? So I need to check that. But you guys, it's so important, especially if you were raised by people who did not do their own work, did not have the tools, did not have the emotional intelligence, uh, the spiritual maturity to be able to deal with their own trauma that got passed down to them from the people that came before them. But wasn't it amazing to me to discover, like I had been looking at my own face in the mirror for how long before it occurred to me? Like, oh yeah, some days my eyes look really green. Like right now, if you're watching this recording, they look mostly green, right? How did I go through the world? Because other people told me so. And for some reason, and I think part of it definitely had to do with my own trauma is that I kind of lost a sense of myself. I often say like, you know, uh, the world was so terrifying to me in a lot of ways that, you know, and I, I put on a really good tough act. Uh, so, um, but you could tell from my, um, my OCD-ish tendencies that I was always trying to control everything. And the only reason why somebody tries to control their environment is because it's how they feel safe. And if you don't feel safe, what that tells me is you're scared. You're in a place of fear. 
Uh, and it's why A Course in Miracles has been so incredibly helpful for me. And it spoke a language that I could really understand. And it's why these concepts of learning how to relinquish the thought system of fear and replace it with the thought system of love is so important. And this, again, is the work that I love to do, you know, with myself, but also with others. And it's why I became a spiritual mentor. It's why I created the NAST is to help people to come home to themselves in this way and to really question, right, what the rest of the world has tried to tell them, their parents, their upbringing, their siblings, their environment, because we move through the world um, with so much dukes up trying to attack, defend, and prove from the ego because we've forgotten who we really are and that we are children of God and that we are love incarnate and that we are the light of the world and that we can choose again and choose differently. So you guys, if you're up for it, go take a good look in the mirror and ask yourself, right? Do I truly see myself? And we can do it on the first level of literally looking at the physical body, right? Like I'm touching my face, right? What color are my eyes? Let's start there. What color are your eyes? Maybe they're light blue. Maybe they're like ocean blue or sky blue or dark gray, or maybe they're totally green or maybe they're amber or maybe, I don't know, but let's find out. You might know. Especially if you have particularly beautiful eyes, you probably have been told your whole life, oh my God, you have gorgeous eyes. And then even that can be its own kind of a burden, right? That's one of the things about being told, having your, your sense of self, an idea of beauty based on something physical, because those things do change over time. I mean, most people's eye color, right, stays the same. But what I mean, it's one of the dangers of being like, um, having the ego be what's the word I'm looking for, seduced into that specialness because of our physicality, right? How we look. I often wonder what it's like to be a supermodel, an aging supermodel, and what that process must be when you made all your money and were lauded and, and touted and put on pedestals uh, for your physical, your physical beauty, what that must be like as you age and the pressure that one must feel from society to stay, quote unquote, stay, right? Beautiful as if beauty is only found in the young, which is, you know, that's just a crock of shit too. But that's a thing for another day. But all right, you guys, I have a call. So I have to, I have to hop off here. And um, so I just wanted to say this awareness, you know, I was thinking about this, this identity problem that we all tend to have. Um, you know, we think we're these bodies and we think we're these titles and we think we're all these things right down to our eye color. And the truth is, is that these are very temporary, illusionary things, right? They're all going to change because we're all going to die and discard these bodies at some point. And we're going to go on. We'll continue on because that's what energy does. That's what spirit does. Uh, you know, just like how the mind cannot be completely contained within, right? This is your brain. People often say mind and they point to their brain. That's your brain. Your brain is different necessarily than the mind. <laughs> and so the body is not you, right? So even though I'm thrilled that I now know that I have hazel eyes. So uh, my, you know, my wish came through winner, winner, tofu, zitta. Um, but I had it all along. I had them all along. Just like the gifts that we have, I'm going to do a whole thing on the Wizard of Oz and, and the spiritual metaphors in that. Um, that's a whole other episode. But, you know, just like how in Wizard of Oz, 
they thought they needed to go see the wizard to get their courage and to get their brains and to get their heart, but they had it all along. And you have it all along too. It's all within you. And again, this is the work that I love to do is to help people revise, rewrite these stories that we've come to believe about ourselves. So we can remember who and what we truly are and to whom we truly belong so that we can show up in the world as the miracle workers, as the, the, the light of the world, as the, the, and I don't mean healers, like in the way that a lot of people think of healing, but our job is basically to remember ourselves and to return to love a thousand times again and again and again, because this world will try to make you forget just like the world tried to tell me that I had brown eyes. <laughs> it's not true. So you guys, I appreciate you listening to this. I know this was a quick one, but I hope, I hope it was entertaining in some way. I hope you, you took away something that you found helpful, uh, even if it was just, like I said, even if it was just entertaining. <laughs> so I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day or your night whenever you're listening to this. Um, and you guys, if you're not already on my mailing list, I would love to have you join. So you can just go to karenkenny.com slash sign up. Uh, if, you, if you love the show, but you've never left me a review, that would be amazing. If you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a little five-star rating or a review or whatever, uh, just assuming, you know, it has to be genuine though, only if, it, only if it feels right because you love the show that much. And those of you who share the show with people, thank you so much. It means the world to me. I super duper appreciate it. And you guys will be coming up in the new year soon. The nest will be opening up again in a few months. So if you want to be one of the first to know uh, when that sucker opens up doors for new members, um, just uh, get on that list, get on that waiting list too. And that's just karenkenny.com slash nest, N-E-S-T. All right, you guys, what color are your eyes? I want to know. <laughs> and I love you and I see you and I celebrate you. And um, ooh. I got a little buddy. Uh, and you guys also today, this is like, I'm taking a little detour. I met, I made friends with a donkey today. I got to meet a, a donkey named Maggie and um, two little alpacas and, an, and, and another dog. Like today I hit like the animal jackpot and I'm just like really excited. And I just kept looking in Maggie's eyes and telling her what beautiful, what beautiful eyes she had. <laughs> as I was stroking her nose and her head and her big, beautiful ears. Oh, you guys, isn't life just fantastic and, and interesting and weird and wonderful and bizarre and painful and beautiful all at the same time. So here's to making new friends. And thank you for being in my community and being one of my podcast friends. All right, you guys, wherever you go in the world, please leave yourself. I'm going to start adding that. Please leave yourself, the people the place, the environment, the animals better than how you found it. Wherever you go, may you be a blessing. Bye. Hey, you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. 
You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.